Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 28 of Deep in the Novo. I'm Ryan Novozinski, joined here, as always, by my co-host, Sadiq Tuma. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about OSU's loss to TCU, the Horned Frogs. Man, oh man, 29 to 22. Um, and it was an up and down affair. I mean, OSU jumped out to an early, early lead. Um, and it looked like a commanding early lead from from what I saw, at least. Uh you know, in the beginning, obviously, there, it, it didn't look like OSU would lose this game. But as time went along, OSU's off, offense stagnated. OSU's defense gave up points and big plays. Let's not forget that. Um, and TCU ultimately came up with a victory. So, Sadiq, from your perspective, I mean, let, let's start with the offense, right? Let's talk about um, this offensive line. Because one of the keys going into this game, for us at least, was how they were going to play. And how would you assess... Uh, to the extent of how, how grave of a mistake or or how grave was their impact in, during this game? Because I don't think it was too, too bad. But, uh, I mean, let's hear hear what your perspective is on it. I thought the O-line played pretty well yeah. overall, especially in the first half where you had Desmond Jackson in for, what, 94 yards mm-hmm. and 18 carries. He had a pretty strong first half. They were blocking pretty well. But the reality is this doesn't reflect as much on OSU as it does on the opposing defensive line sure right you talk about oshan mathis Kyrie coleman and this front and linebackers d winters garrett wall you have some talented guys there then on the back end they really defended well mm-hmm. they brought trayvon merrick who's you know definitely going to the nfl he is right? right he's really good he had an impact game but even the outside cj sees special teams corner who we talked about mm-hmm. he played better against kansas but again it was kansas <laughs> but now now he played well against osu and these receivers and overall i mean that was a lot of a lot of the sacks use not even sacks but just a pressure it was all coverage right yeah it was great coverage in the back end spencer had to navigate and didn't have much time he didn't make many terrible mistakes either but still it was it was a lot of that and the o-line did well enough and as much as you can considering a their injuries and the state they're in right now and b this front this is a very talented Mm -hmm. front right we can't overlook that and that's where it came down to but that's why you saw a lot of it in the first half. A lot of it just exploded from the run game with Desmond Jackson and how well OSU's front played. And then um, from there, I mean, it was just Talon Wallace losing him was very difficult. It's proven this year. I mean, th- this guy makes a big difference for this receiving core. Talk about the other guys and how talented they can be. It's it's really tough. They haven't stepped up in the same way, right? And in the beginning, you give them a little of a pass and thinking, okay, this this offense is it's being a little more conservative, it's being mm-hmm. ball control, so on. But hasn't been the same the reason been the same and again a lot of that probably came from the o-line and just okay we're trying to get the looks right yeah you're trying to get talon wallace the ball down the field you're trying to get him, the ball in his hands you're trying to get him the ball period mm-hmm. but you know guys are just not getting up at the same rate brandon johnson dylan stoner it's a lot more short stuff with dylan stoner brandon johnson hasn't exploded the way you want him to be mm-hmm. he's not being he's not that deep threat who's getting down the field and taking the top off the defense isn't great with the contested catches mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing a lot of those problems and I think that's where it really just just stymied from. Yeah, you can't you can't rely on Braden Johnson out there, right? right. And, and it's something he can't create separation. Sure. Uh, he he's not reliable out there, uh, you know, as a deep threat. Um, and like you said, I mean, these TCU corners, uh, uh, guys coming into this game, who we looked at that as the as the weak spot, right? Sure. And and to do it, I mean, we were right going into it, but then they really showed out this day. I mean, you look at. Uh, CJ Caesar, right? You look at uh, Ladadian Tomlinson's nephew, right? You look at some of these guys. They showed out the other day, and they they did a great job. Um, and and I, and I think you know these safeties are like you said, they're a talented NFL type NFL ready uh, type safeties out there, and and they they really did a great job against OSU. Um, and, th- and then all of that, including um, and mixed in with that defensive front. I mean, my goodness, what what a right. defensive performance from TCU. Yeah, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, the nephew of LT. <laughs> 
he he's the one guy that stayed sta- uh, stayed strong throughout the season. They've had so many injuries at right. corner, came with a lot of questions, but he is a talented guy who had a great game again. Stuck with Thailand pretty well, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where if it was it, again, it was it was the front mixed and coupled in with the fact that these these corners played well, these safeties played well. Or Darius Washington, another very talented co- yeah. uh, safety back there. And you just talk about all this talent and just it's those split seconds, right? The one second difference in one second is all the difference. And it really did connect in because the offense in the first half, when even when you weren't scoring, you were still getting pressure. You were still pushing the ball down the field. You were running the ball. You were keeping pace. But then all of a sudden, the second half where things really died down, and it really was a momentum shift, not only because the, the offense wasn't working, but because every time you would get the ball with good position if you were OSU, mm-hmm. then you would just – Punt the ball away, <laughs> right? Three and out. Very quickly, the ball will go the other side. And that's really deflating because the defense does a good job getting Max Duggan, this talented Max Duggan, mm-hmm. dual-threat quarterback who really showed out. Get, who was, you know, kill him as a rusher. Sure. But also his passing ability, getting guys open. That You would you would clamp that down. Then all of a sudden, um, you just, you know, turn around. You know, your offense gets the ball. You're thinking, okay, you take a rest. Suddenly, the ball just kicks back. Mm-hmm. It's a mental thing. It really is. And that really struck. And that, that laid a big difference. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, Spencer Sanders a little bit and, and what he was able to do. Um, obviously, Tylen goes down, right? Um, and you have you know some of these other receivers trying to step up, but no one was able to be that second guy, right? right. Is it a concern for you going forward, right? And, and I know this is sort of you know thinking sort of like we did it in the preview show, uh, thinking a little bit more till, towards the future and towards uh, next year. But is it is it a concern to you that there's no? clear-cut guy that could step into that Tylen Wallace type role and I know it's a it's a tough task right, right. it's like asking somebody on TCU to step and fill that Jalen Riga role sure. right it's huge um but my goodness there's nobody that even seems in a fraction of an iota ready I, to, from my perspective at least right maybe you uh, you shuffle things around um obviously Dylan Stoner was able to do it last year um but still it's just going to be different isn't it yeah, you talk about that number one, that Z receiver role. Dylan Stoner, you're right, did it really well. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, he had a great game against CCU last year. He did, week, yes. Right? That was the breakout performance, if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm correct, with the two touchdowns, 100 yards, and or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But he played well, and he showed that he can do that. Obviously, he's no Tylen Wallace. Right. But that's why I kept saying this. They have – like, I said this all of last year before Tylen Wallace went down. Dylan Stoner is a very good number two. Sure. They just don't use him in that capacity. But this year – Again, it was in the beginning. You you saw a lot of those similarities where, um, first off, there was so much hype. Where I think it was Spencer, whoever, who, that said Dylan Stoner is so talented that he could win a Belichnikov. Yeah, I probably didn't believe that, but <laughs> it just it was a sentiment to show how talented Dylan Stoner is. And you saw it in some of the plays when he has the ball in his hands. The ones where Spencer can uh, get out, get you know, pass to him, get some yards. You saw Jelani Woods with the run. You see some of these guys. You see some of these flashes, but. It's just really difficult to see how it's not capitalizing together. Sure. And Dylan Stoner, you see a lot of the same routes he run last year. It's those little hitches. Uh, not as many hitches, but it's a lot of those out routes, a lot of those shallow crosses, those little things, those slant routes, where he's getting the ball in small position. And I think that's kind of how this offense operates a lot of times, the vertical routes with Talon Wallace down the field, getting that as your number one option. You see single coverage, you go to it. But you get that number two guy, and you suddenly open up the whole field. You change the dynamic. I really got to wonder how much of it is just playmaking and play calling and mm-hmm. not going to that and just not or just not getting open, right? Because a lot of routes, it is. You're going through progressions, finding people, and it wasn't that. But coming into the season early on with Shane Ellingworth coming in and how they were chopping the playbook down, because they were, right? Sure. The play calling was a lot more conservative. So it was a very different feel. 
then all of a sudden um, Spencer comes back. You start to get healthy, but the O line's not the same. <laughs> or you keep having questions here and there, and you keep just trying to do different things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those things are the short passing game, mm-hmm. the run game. Get Talon Wallace one on one because say you want to put Dylan Stoner one on one, it's not the same thing. Sure, Dylan Stoner has to cleanly beat his man, right? Or at least use his route running to find separation. Braden Johnson has to do that same thing because Braden Johnson, he's got he might be the fastest player on this team, right? He is an excellent solid route runner, but at the same time, he needs to cleanly beat his man because mm-hmm. he's a guy who can't catch contested balls. Dylan Stoner can do it better than Braden Johnson, but even he he's not Talon Wallace. Now to be fair, a lot of people aren't Talon <laughs> Wallace, but there is an art to these 50-50 uh, balls, right? T- Jelani Woods could probably do a better job with it given his size and strength. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where at least some guys are solid and can do it a little bit. But Brandon Johnson can't at all. And it, that's it, that's what I keep saying about a deep threat. Deep threats aren't just fast guys who can get down the field. They're guys who are really good at tracking the mm-hmm. ball down the field. They're guys who can use body leverage really well. They're guys who can go up and make a catch yeah. when guys are rounding. That's what makes a deep threat. Highest point, too. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Ca- you know, attacking that high catch, mm-hmm. high pointing a ball. That's a skill of a deep threat. That's what makes Talon Wall so special. You see him down the field as a deep threat. Most plays, he's not wide open. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't that one play, <laughs> but that's a rarity for him. Most of the time, he's just tracking the ball so well. He's finding, you know, he's finding that leverage. He's getting, he's finding the ball. It's being thrown to him in a place where it can be, and he goes up and gets it. He's the opposite of wide open on right. some of these plays. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> Let's be real. about some of these plays, and it, uh, that's why I keep saying it's not bad coverage by these cornerbacks. It's just that guy is sure. not good, right? And that's a difficult thing, but. You talk about that, and then you're just like, – like I was talking about before, the reason I brought up the play calling early on, uh, you were struggling with that, right? And you you kind of gave it a pass because you're thinking, okay, they have to get t- um, Talon Walls in these one-on-one situations. Because if you ever leave Talon Walls one-on-one, you just throw the ball up to him, yeah. and good things usually happen, which is a rarity for a lot of players. You can't usually do that. You don't want to usually do that. But at the same time, you can't put Dylan Stoner, Braden Johnson, those sort of, sort of situations because they're not going to come down with the ball the same way. And it is something of a difficulty because it's becoming more and more of an issue for sure. And it, you don't get the time for them to you know get the, use their routes and get open and find guys. And it becomes more and more of a thing. And it's not that Spencer doesn't have chemistry with those guys. He has. You saw it with Braden Johnson last year. You saw it with Dylan Stoner last year. Mm-hmm. You see it with the way they talk about it. But it just it hasn't capitalized together. And it can you know slowly become more and more of a concern. Yeah, and I think I'll say this also. The biggest thing is when Talon Wallace goes down, where's your guy to step up? <laughs> Who's That's, next, right? right? Seriously, because because I mean, obviously we don't know the extent of the injury quite yet. But my goodness, I mean, it could be a huge concern. I mean, going forward, I know that they just have Baylor left, right, and that that might not be the biggest concern in the world. But my goodness, you got to go out there and play a bowl game. You know, you don't want that that product to be out in the field. Sure. That's bad for that. That trickles down, right? That that's bad for recruiting. That's bad for all these other things, right? You don't want your uh, number one receiver not going out there and putting on a great performance and not being able to be that deep threat, right? Be that guy downfield that you can rely on. And and I'm sorry, Braden Johnson doesn't do it for me. I'm right. and none none of these other receivers do it for me uh, quite like Tylen Wallace does. And as we said. Big task, big shoes to fill, but someone has to do it, right? You right. got to go out there and play football sometimes. Um, let's talk about Desmond Jackson, right? Uh, obviously, statistically and carries wise, he's putting up huge numbers, right? And he, he's doing a really good job. Um, 118 yards in this game, 29 carries, uh, and a touchdown. What do you think of his performance? His his second performance as a starter and as you know, sort of the sole running back out there. Uh, against the TCU Horn Frogs. Yeah, early on you see it and you're thinking, man, yeah, he's having a great game again. He's finding the holes. The holes are definitely better in mm-hmm. the first half. And I'll say this also, you talked about the O-line early on. 
Um, well, you asked about the O line. Sure. It, it was the pass blocking wasn't as good, but again, it comes to the the pass rushers that these guys right. have. But in in runs in run blocking, they're doing an excellent job. Where they when they weren't clearing up holes the way they were against Texas Tech, you know, making it so big, mm-hmm. you have just enough of a hole. You're finding the places where Desmond Jackson can cut through. Shuba Hubbard didn't even have that. You had such bad penetration, not even bad, good penetration for the defense, <laughs> where Chuba Hubbard, LD Brown were getting stuffed at the point of attack constantly. For Desmond Jackson, he's had so many better holes. He swings through, he finds them, he's got strength, balance, he can break through some of these tackles. But for, um, De- for I mean, first half, it looked good, it really did. And a lot of those points were, you know, missed field goals, missed extra mm-hmm. point, right? Should have been 17-0 at half. But then, you look in the second half, you just got to wonder what happened. I mean, this whole line, I don't know. It wasn't the same. You didn't have the same penetration. I mean, you didn't have the same blocking for sure, right? And then from there, it, I think it was a lot of lot more stacking the box without Tylen Walls, right? You could play it differently. Mm-hmm. You could play a different <clears> game plan. Focus on that. And then it suddenly becomes very difficult. It's like Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa is an improved defense. But they also stacked the box. Yeah. And that's why Chuba was just chopped down. LD Brown had, you know, a run here. But overall, it was just being chopped down. And things are changed so much. And <clears throat> it really does change the whole dynamic of the game. Because the way that run game was supporting the pass game, essentially, yeah. right? The balance was perfect, and it, it becomes difficult. And again, a lot of they put on just the defense and how they're operating. But you look statistically, it was a strong game. You look on the film, it looked like again good running. Mm-hmm. You see the you know the deceptive elusiveness, the the again the balance, the strength, his his ability as a one cut runner downhill on those zone runs are, is just excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one yeah one hundred percent. You know, and uh, he's definitely filling into that role greatly i mean you talked about it on the video the other day my goodness what a third string running back that osu has right this is a guy who on some teams across the country and a lot of teams across the country could be their first stringer right out there and and definitely their starter and definitely a guy to keep your eye on going forward uh for osu um and you know uh, uh, in as as per the course in every in most other position groups uh the running back position has to have, you know, a third stringer, a second stringer in there because there's quite a bit of injuries going on for yeah. the Cowboys this year. Um, and speaking of injuries, let's flip over to the defense a little bit. Uh, they had to fill a couple holes as well. Um, but they also just cause mental injuries for the, some of these offenses by taking away the football, right? They are great at doing that, and they are great at just stripping the football. I mean, Jim Knowles talked about how they, you know, prepare for this, but they gain confidence by uh, – by sort of just going about it and, and just going out and doing it, right? Um, so what did you th- see from the defense yesterday, um, just just in terms of that, just in terms of turnovers, taking the football away from TCU, you know, and, and trying to get some of this momentum back in in favor in this game? On your point, you can say we want to turn the ball over as much as you want. Yeah. But when you actually see it happen, you're right. It gains another level of confidence. Sure. It changes the dynamic of how you play football, right? Because you see it happening once and you're thinking – it it's just like subconsciously clicks in your head that, okay, what we're doing in practice works. Mm-hmm. Let's keep at it, right? And it's a lot of that. It was just – I mean, five turnovers, right? Huge. Right? It was, it was big because there were a lot of big plays given mm-hmm. up. But even when there weren't big plays, there was constant pressure, right? The, the drives were being sustained mm-hmm. constantly – and then TCU's rolling down a little bit. Then suddenly, chop, right? You get the ball back yep. and it just changes the dynamic. You get the ball and then suddenly, a, um, not pick six, a fumble six, <laughs> right? Scoop and score. I mean, it is what it is, right? He gets the ball and makes a big play. That was huge. And it's one of those things where um, it, it was – OSU has really struggled with turnovers mm-hmm. because well, – I'll say this. The defense has been so good. We said this after the game, right? 
on the video, OSU's defense has been so good in so many different aspects. They've chopped you down. They've on third down, they've been mm-hmm. you know one of the best, if not the best, third down defense of the country. Sure. They they've brought such good blitz packages, concepts, game planning, so strong. They've been elite in man to man coverage, which is so difficult. Right, right. You're getting all these things. But the one thing they haven't done is gotten t- turnovers. They haven't exactly right. They haven't gotten takeaways. And that really sucks because when you're a defense, not I mean, obviously playing the defense the way they are is amazing, but takeaways change the dynamic. They first off they give your offense more opportunities, right? In in better field position, you get interception in the 30, 40 yard line of the of your team's opposing uh, sideline or offense rather, um, and your offense gets 30, 40 yards away. Yeah. That's really easy versus 80 yards away, 60, 70 yards away. That's a whole different dynamic. And two, it's energizing. It's momentum shifting. You do that and you just kill the confidence of the other team and you gain the energy, the confidence for your own team. Then all of a sudden, the the dynamic is just flipped and you're you're doing such a good job. And you pair that with how good you are in third and right, right on three and outs. And suddenly it's just crushing, soul crushing for the other team. And this was really just proving that when you're giving up yards, what was it, 501 yards? Yep. They gave up a lot of yards. But when you're doing that, you still have, you know, just the innate ability to go out and create turnovers and help your team get them in a position to let them win. Now, we talk about the big plays. A lot of that comes down to discipline, contain, little, mm-hmm. little things. And sometimes just bad luck. You know, Max Duggan, I mean, it was the one we were looking at before, right? To me, it looked like Colby Harville Peel on that 71-yard yep. touchdown had him contained on that deep coverage, the cover two, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, Max Duggan escapes for a second. The receiver goes down the field. That's close to impossible for defensive back. Right. You can't ever expect them on the scramble drill. That comes down to the front seven, pass rush, and get the quarterback down. Now, Max Duggan's super athletic, super great at, at uh, improvising. But at the same time, that's, that's what it comes down to. Big plays. Little, little things here and there. And when um, OSU's offense was giving up big plays, but also letting TCU continue churning out yards, those turnovers help so much and as a overall i don't think the defense played amazing i think they played bad Mm -hmm. i think they're definitely in the middle but the turnovers definitely help them so much more because that really makes up for it and it gives the offense opportunities to do it when the offense is constantly going three and out (laughs) then what (laughs) (laughs) i mean you saw the reactions afterwards right right people were praising this defense and it's because of the turnovers and for good reason right the turnover aspect of things was was fantastic but like you said, there was some stagnation on that defensive side, right? Yeah. They're giving up 500 plus yards. That's is bad. bad, right? That's really bad. That's really bad, right? And and against a four and four TCU team too. Right. Like let's not forget, and they right. have some yeah. weapons, right? But they don't have a clear cut running back. They don't right. have a wide receiver that you look at and you're like, dang. Yeah. They have Max Duggan and a couple other frogs sure. out there, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so you know you never know what's gonna happen. But OSU's defense gave up a you know huge plays too, right? Max Duggan just breaking through for some gross, disgusting touchdowns. You, you talk know? about 501 yards against a team like OU or Texas, mm-hmm. but you also for, forced t- uh, five turnovers. Yeah. That's a success, sure. right? But this is not that. Nope. <laughs> not at all. And that's that's the whole difficulty of this whole situation. That I mean, look at you shut down Texas, mm-hmm. who at the time was the best offense in the Big 12. Yep. And you didn't force many turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's a real, like, that's an elite performance. I don't think this was really an elite performance. Like I said, I think it's somewhere in the middle. But the turnovers helped so much. They gave him opportunities, and it made up for all those big plays and all those yards given given up by the opposing offense. But, I mean, overall, it did help a lot for sure. But it's not like you can say, oh, the defense played so well, mm-hmm. but this offense just needs to get it going. It wasn't like that. 
people love defensive stats because they love to see something that quantifies what they kind of want to believe. And that's that's the <laughs> difficult. Yeah, that's the difficult thing of it. Defense is so hard to quantify. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking the other day, cornerbacks, you just can't quantify by stats. You almost can't even quantify by TV film mm-hmm. because you need to watch, you know, all 22 sure. for you need to see the whole field. You want to see what's happening, the plays where they're not targeted. Maybe there's plays where the quarterback doesn't throw that way when he's wide open because mm-hmm. he's going through his progressions. Or maybe it's a play where he's completely on him and you don't mm-hmm. ever see the camera go that way because – I mean, why would it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but those are the plays. You only see the plays where they're being targeted, and you only see the plays where it might be a pass deflection, or you you don't see the plays where the guy's completely covered and you don't throw it. Mm-hmm. So that's where you don't know whether the quarterback is, you know, guys are covered up or if uh, it's just you know not finding guys that are open. There's mm-hmm. th- it's difficult things like that, and that's what, like you said, it's it's not easy to quantify by stats. But yeah, those big plays mm-hmm. do hurt. <laughs> How am I supposed to believe some random, you know? average joe average matt on the street uh you know who's who's telling me that they understand film right and they they understand these these types of things but then they go out there and and they're just watching it on tv right they're watching these highlights and you the camera's not showing you know richard Sherman in right. coverage they're not showing aj green in coverage they're not showing rodarius williams definitely not rodarius because there's times where we've missed him on tv yeah in coverage you can't. You so just, <laughs> you just can't. Um, so yeah, very interesting. And OSU. I, I forget who it was. I think it was David J. Billis was watching a college basketball game. And he was like, have you ever seen a highlight reel? You know, these kids send in highlight reels. But have you seen, ever seen a highlight reel with a bad play in it? <laughs> right? Like, why would you? Right? Yeah. And that, that's why you look at highlight plays. It just doesn't tell the whole story. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. These, these stats – but again, it's not like you're just completely throwing away the five turnovers. Sure. That's an, that in itself it's is huge. an elite number, right? Mm-hmm. That is an excellent job. But at the same time, you gave up these yards, those big plays. Mm-hmm. Mike Gundy even mentioned that that that's a problem, and a lot of it comes down to contain gap control, right? Those gap discipline, little little things mm-hmm. that just end up blowing things up. But TCU saw I saw a lot of some some of those similar things that Kansas State ran. Oh, you a little bit. Actually, oh, you a good amount. You talk about the sideline to sideline. Yeah. And it's not a weakness of just glaring weakness because OSU has elite sideline to sideline speed. Each and every defender is so athletic and can do it. Trace Ford, my goodness. <laughs> you see the way he runs. You see the way Colby and Trace Sterling. And, yeah, there's their defensive backs, but it doesn't mean they're that fast always. Mm-hmm. But those guys are. You talk about Rodarius. You talk about Jarek Bernard Converse. The sideline to sideline speed is great. But you see when you start doing that motion – Um, you start running those jet sweeps, you start running those pre-stat motions, you change the dynamic of what the defense is doing because their eye discipline, where they think the play is going. Because remember, they're not just going out and playing football. They're they're studying film the whole time. They they, they see a particular motion, a particular formation. They think a play is going one way. You talk about tendencies. You talk about tendency breakers. (laughs) This is what happens. And you suddenly – it's the sideline to sideline stuff that works so much for teams against OSU because you play so much to Mm -hmm. man-to-man coverage. Right, it's it's one of those unintended uh, consequences that you run so much traffic, you run so much sideline to sideline stuff, where you you run those crossing routes. It's just so difficult to keep in uh, man-to-man coverage, and that that, that's not what happened. It wasn't the crossing routes like in a lot of games it has been Mm -hmm. for OSU, but you see the most similar concepts of what teams are kind of doing a lot of those, a lot of that motion. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting because yeah. His defense something. <laughs> yeah, there's something, it's right? Great, it's great that they force turnovers, uh-huh. I'll say that much, because it really makes up for a lot of mistakes. It does. It, it, no, it does. And and like you said, like everybody after that game was talking about how you know great the defense looked, right? And discounting almost, right? Take away – I mean, I, we always hate the takeaway thing, right? But you look at some of the – you know, the, the game as a whole, right? And, and you just – let's let's have those turnovers right let's say that they got two they they forced two turnovers right or uh, I, I know half of five it's not two but let's just say that 
you don't look at this game as a as a really great game from this OSU defense, and but it just shows you know how great those uh, those turnovers was were for the team. Now, if only Brock Martin uh, wasn't the only person to capitalize off those, that would have been uh, spectacular for this team, right? You right. would have uh, had a lot more scoring in this game. Um, you so. look at yeah, I mean, one of those turnovers, I think the longest one, uh, it, they TCU had dr- driven sixty one yards, mm-hmm. then you get an interception. Th- those that's what I mean. That's what an elite defense does. When they give up yards, they clamp down. Yep. Some of those, it was only three yards or like 20 yards or something. But those are drives that you're killing what could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they haven't driven and you took it away. But those are drives where you're killing what could have been, right? And that's that's what I mean by giving opportunities. Sometimes, I mean, kicking a punt is great because you're forcing the ball out of their hands. But getting a fumble and interception in that moment or even returning it back mm-hmm. is even better. Not only momentum swinging because you're just stealing it away, mm-hmm. right? That that does make a difference. Whether they punt it for zero yards or whether I mean whether they punch it away or you just you know take an interception. Sure. Third, like say say they punt it forty yards or you get an interception forty yards down the field. The value might be the same, sure, but the the impact is so different. So much different, right? It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is a that is a almost game stealing type of deal, right? right? It could definitely change the course of a game, uh, just taking the life out of a uh, out of an offense, right? Uh, by by just great defensive uh, performances and, and just taking the ball away, right? And you got some guys out there. Obviously, that linebacking core can take uh, the ball away. Uh, they can strip it away. Um, and then you guys got you got guys like Colby Harbour-Peel. You got Trey Sterling out there who can really take the ball away um, and cause that momentum swing. So hats off to the defense. What a great performance. But uh, we will see. We will see uh, on the turnover side of things. But we will see how it goes uh, moving forward to the Baylor week. Uh, and we'll have all that coverage for you. We will have all that. Uh, we'll have some more film room for you. And we'll have all these articles on Okali.com, at Okali Sports on Twitter, and at Okali on Twitter. For Ryan Novozinski and Sadiq Tuma, have a great day.